Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to the show. I'm Kristen, your host, and today I have on Yvonne Chung. She is a dream architect, human design guide, and certified empowerment coach. And she helps heart-led, soul-missioned BIPOC leaders overcome self-doubt, master their energy, and unlock the unique medicine they're here to share with the world. And today we are going to tap into all of her human design knowledge. So welcome, Yvonne. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So I thought we would start off by just diving into what is human design? I know this is a big subject and it could take probably hours to talk about (laughs) and dive into, but we're going to give sort of a high level version and we'll dive into a few of the few of the types here and and we'll get into it a little bit, but just kind of I wanted to give listeners an exposure to what human design is and how it can help them in their business. Yeah. So human design is a system of self-knowledge and self-understanding. I I really look at it as a system for radical self-acceptance, but really what it is, it's like getting the operating manual for your energy. It's um, getting an operating manual or like a blueprint for understanding your energetic anatomy. And the benefits of understanding your human design really come from the fact that when you understand your energetic anatomy and understand these kind of tools and strategies that are offered by understanding your human design, it really helps you unlock ease in life. It helps you minimize friction and find your path of least resistance so that you're not like fighting and swimming upstream and fighting against your natural current, but you learn to really just let go and flow with your natural river, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. So I've had a few coaches do my chart and, you know, read to me what it means. And and, and so much of it made me feel really seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I, you know, felt like, oh, I want to talk about this more. And I know that I've kind of used it within my, you know, how do I operate in my business? Yeah. How do I operate in life. Um, but yeah, I just felt like, wow, that is spot on in terms of like my energy, in terms of how I move through the world. Um, Can you tell us a little bit of its origin story? Yeah. So the human design system was actually channeled in, I believe, like seven or eight days by a man who calls himself Ra Ruhu. Um, And he was traveling in Spain at the time. And then just in a seven to eight day period, he was like staying at his hotel or his rented apartment or something like that. And just basically downloaded this information in those seven to eight days. And it was this very intricate, very detailed 
system that actually it is a synthesis of six different systems of knowledge, ancient and modern systems of knowledge. So that is the Hindu Brahmin chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, the Jewish Kabbalah tree of life, astrology, modern astronomy, and quantum mechanics. And it takes these six different systems of knowledge and synthesizes them into one cohesive, coherent system of exploring the self, deconditioning the self to get back to your essence, your energetic, your own unique energetic frequency. Really, the whole point of this system revolves around this idea of differentiation, which is all about understanding how you are meant to be different and unique in your own energetic fingerprint, so to speak, and how you are here to really move through the world and um, create opportunities and align with your higher purpose. So I think what a lot of people are aware of is generator, projector, manifester. I think that's sort of everyone's first introduction to what is human design? What is it about? So can we define, so there's four I believe. Yeah, there are four types with some subtypes. So the subtype that people are going to be most familiar with are manifesting generators, but manifesting generators are a subtype of generators. So a lot of people um, tend to think there are five different types. So it would be manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. Um, again, with manifesting generators actually being a subtype of generators. And so I guess like in a nutshell, and it really starts to make a lot more sense as a whole, when you start to like, look at all five of these different types as a whole, or the four different types. And we have manifestors who are here to really like set things in motion, to initiate, to get things started, to get people and projects and things started on new paths to kind of chart the path for mutation and evolution in the collective, right? Manifestors are also not here to do all the doing. They're not the generator types with this endless life force energy. They're here to, with the energy to initiate and get things off the ground and then to like hand it off to somebody else to carry it to, um, to the end, right? They have the energy for initiation, not necessarily the energy for doing all the doing. Um, and then we have generators who are like the slow and steady and masterful builders really here to put their energy towards the things that are satisfying for them in their lives, towards the things that light them up. When a generator is in alignment, they are going to wake up with a full tank of energy every day, and they are going to be using that energy on the things that really satisfy them and light them up and bring them joy. Generators are the doers of this world when they are when they find those things that light them up, it feels like that energy is endless and infinite because it is life-giving for them rather than life-draining. Manifesting generators are a subtype of generators, so they are a generator at the core, but with manifestor qualities. And where a generator may be like the slow and steady builder, the marathon runner, a manifesting generator is like the quantum leaper, like the sprinter. They're really adept at finding shortcuts through things, that other people wouldn't quite see. They're really good at like kind of skipping steps to, to find the fastest path to mastery, right? So a lot of times people will see manifesting, they'll be working on something for like six months and a manifesting generator comes around and masters it in three months and they're like, what the hell? But it really is just kind of how they're designed. They're really designed to master things quickly and then move on to the next thing. These are like the creative powerhouses of the world that tend to have like 12 different hobbies on rotation at any given moment. But really 
um, manifesting generators are here to um, not follow the conventional path and kind of do things their way to birth something like totally new and different in this world. And then we have the projectors and projectors are here as like the seers, the quiet leaders and the guides. They are here to sense and guide the other. And so they have this ability to deeply focus in on a person's energy and understand um, how that energy can best be used. And really projectors are here to guide people and or systems toward greater efficiency and best uses of their energy. Um, projectors make great managers or like coaches, um, just being in, or engineers, you know, being in positions where they see ways where like things can be more efficient and where they can guide other people in their uses of their energy. Um, projectors are also not here to do all the doing. They are kind of here to see how things can be done and to kind of delegate and guide other people to making things more efficient. Projectors also have what is called like a, a penetrative and focused aura, which is designed to really penetrate into somebody else's energetic field so that they can absorb the information that is really needed to effectively guide the other. Um, and then we have reflectors who are here as kind of like the wise evaluators in our society. They're here to kind of come into a space or a community and gauge whether or not that, that community, that organization, that space is operating in a healthy way or not. And they will be these kind of mirrors reflecting to us the health or the detriment of that community, that society, that organization, or that environment. And they are also here to not do all the doing. They're here to be kind of that wise, the wisdom keeper, so to speak. Reflectors, have, they have no centers defined. So they're like really taking in and sampling and reflecting back the energy of their environment. Very highly sensitive people um, and very like, what do they call it? Mutable, very changeable. They're going to change a lot based on the environment and the people that they're with. And this is designed in a way because they're meant to reflect it back to us so that we can see what needs to change and, and what is going well and what isn't going well. So if you look at this in a zoomed out way, it's like, you know, manifestors are the spearheads. They like chart the paths for newness in this world. Generators and manifesting generators are responding to the ripples that are sent out into the field by all of these manifestor types. And they're responding and waiting for things to show up to say, yes, I want to commit my energy to this or no, I'm not going to commit my energy to this. And they're going to build and broaden on those things that give them life. Projectors are here kind of looking at everything and saying, ah, you're good at this. You should go in that direction and put your energy there. Like, oh, you don't seem happy doing this. Maybe we should put you somewhere else. And they're like the stoplights kind of guiding the traffic. And then reflectors are over here coming in with their clipboard, so to speak. It's like, ah, you know, things seem to be going really well over here. Or like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not, this is not a good situation. We need to make some changes here. And so when you look at it as this kind of like whole, you start to see, you know, that every person, every different type has a very specific kind of role to play in the collective, right? Yeah. In a nutshell, those are the different types of the human design system. Yeah. Thank you for defining each type. I know it's a lot to go over. And are reflectors the ones that are is a rare type? Yeah. They make up just about 1% of the population. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So to determine what your type is, I believe it's your birthday, your time of birth, and where you were born? Correct. Yeah. You'll need your time as accurate as you can get, you know, um, because there are some things in your chart that'll change every couple hours. And so 
you know, your place of birth, your date of birth and your time of birth is going to help you generate um, your, I like to think of it as like your energetic fingerprint. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And so I think the next thing that people tend to kind of know is, I believe it's the profile. So like I'm a six, two, mm-hmm. I'm a generator, but those two things I feel like are pretty like high level things that people kind of understand, or they have a familiarity with, or they've heard about what is the, the profile. Can we talk about that? Yeah. So if your type is, your type is like your vehicle, it's like the car you drive. It's going to, it's going to tell you about the nature of your energy and your mechanics of your aura and how that how your aura and your energy are interacting and behaving with the world around you, how, how it's going to tell you like the best uses of your energy, right? And how to um, magnetize correct opportunities and things that are in alignment. So if your type is like the car you're driving, it's like your vehicle, your profile is going to be more like the costume you wear. It's going to be more akin to your personality. And I like to think of it as like, this is the energy with which you go about enacting your design or your type. Um, That I feel like is the best way that I could describe it. Um, Oftentimes people will feel more uh, akin to people of the same profile than they do of the same type. Like you might meet another generator and you're like, ah, I don't really like relate to them that much, but you might meet somebody who's like a projector, who's a six, two, and you'll feel like, more akin to that person because the personality aspects are going to feel a little bit more similar to you. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. And how many profiles are there? Yeah. So there are 12 different profiles, right? So there are six different numbers, right? So we call them the lines. So there's the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth lines, right? Um, And there are two numbers in your profile. Like uh, you're a six, two, I'm a four, six. And so based on like the number of different combinations that are present in the profile system, there are 12 different combinations in the profile system. And if you want to get a little bit more detailed about this, you know, the number that you see there, like the six two, that fractionated number, the number on the first number, the number on the left is going to be a part of your profile that you or your personality that you're a bit more consciously aware of in yourself. The number on the right side, the two in your case, is going to be a part of your personality that is maybe a bit more unconscious, but that other people see more clearly in you than you do in yourself. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does the six then represent? Yeah. So the six line energy is known as like the role model. Um, Six lines are really here not to talk the talk, but to walk the walk. Like six lines are here to be lived embodied examples of what it means to truly be authentic to who you are and to know and trust that like being is more important than doing for a sixth line. You're really here to fully embody your authenticity and knowing and trusting that as you do, it really empowers and encourages other people to do the same. Uh, There are a lot of different nuances about being a sixth line, such as living your life in three distinct phases. The first phase, you live your life as a third line, as trial and error. You're kind of like immersed fully in life, stumbling beautifully, making all these mistakes and failures and just kind of bumping into life and life is bumping into you. And you're just like 
living through life and getting all that lived experience, trial and error, making all the mistakes, right? And then the second phase after your Saturn return, after about 30 years old, is when you go up to the roof. That's when you kind of like pull back. That's when a lot of six lines start to like nest or really hone in on their craft and their work. They're kind of less available to everybody else in the world and they're licking the wounds from the first 30 years of life, integrating all of that lived experience into wisdom. And this is around the time when people start to kind of notice that role model energy. They're like, hmm, I feel like this person has some wisdom to share. Six lines are here as like the wisdom keepers. They're here to be embodied, wise people, role models, so to speak, um, with just embodied innate wisdom that you're born with. And I'm sure that that's something that you feel and a lot of six lines feel about themselves and they kind of have to travel through their life phases to finally really own it, right? Because when you're younger, I'm sure people have told you like, you know, you're a little, you're pretty wise for your age. Six lines get that a lot. And there's kind of this old soul energy about them. Um, But it takes some time for six lines to really fully embrace that they are here to be wise. They really are. and you're not here to look to other people to show you the way. You're here to trust that the wisdom that you have within you is exactly what you need. And you're not turning to other people to show you the way and show you the wisdom that you need, but you're trusting in your ability, in your own inner wisdom, and knowing that that is enough. And so in that second phase, you're starting to really embrace and step into this role model energy, but you're kind of less available to people. And you're getting this bird's eye view where you're not only distilling your own life experience into wisdom, but you're witnessing and observing other people and witnessing and gaining wisdom from your observations as well, from this kind of bird's eye view of how people are living and how people are going about their lives. And then finally, at around age 50 in your Chiron return is when you descend from the roof, re-immerse yourself back into your communities as the fully actualized role model, uh, fully embodied and embracing that role model energy. And sharing all of that wisdom that you distilled over the last phase of your um, sixth line journey and sharing that wisdom with your community and really owning your own power and your own wisdom and your own ability to be a role model to people simply by being who you are. Yeah, so much of that resonated with me when, you know, I had someone share that and I was like, wow, it just so speaks to how I move through the world, (laughs) my journey. And it's that feeling scene that I talked about earlier. You are a four, six, is that correct? Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. And I'm hoping that we can hear a little bit of more about you and even maybe some of your journey as well. Cause I know we didn't talk about that at the top of the show. And I always like to hear my guest journeys and, and how they got to, you know, where they're at today. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called Launch a Binge-Worthy Podcast, and it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. Being a fourth line, um, fourth lines are really here as people who are here to lay the foundations for connection, to lay the foundations for community and connecting with one another through the heart. Um, Fourth lines 
are really here to water the gardens of their communities. Our impact is really here to be felt within our, almost like our existing network. And so we're not really here to put so much energy out there to impact strangers and like all of this stuff. Most of our impact and our opportunities are going to happen within one, two, three degrees, four degrees of separation from us, right? Um, Fourth lines are very, like four sixes have very transpersonal kind of um, life purposes. We're here to be really relate and connect with others. And as a fourth line, my the quality of my relationships is going to determine the quality of my life. And so it's really important for me to know that I'm here to connect deeply with people from the heart space. And when I'm in the shadow side of the fourth line, in the classic human design system, they call the fourth line the opportunist, quote unquote. And this sounds kind of like, oh, the opportunist, like that doesn't sound good, but it's because fourth lines have this really innate ability to see the ways in which people can benefit one another. This is really the energy of like, my friend's car broke down and they're like, oh crap, my car broke down. Like I really need a mechanic. And I'm like, I know an amazing mechanic. Let me connect you guys. Or like, oh man, I really need a haircut. And I'm like, I know a great hairstylist. Let me connect you with her, right? Like I'm laying down the foundations of people to connect with one another, right? Because I see the ways in which people can benefit each other. This also means, and this is where that opportunist energy comes in, I could see the ways that other people can benefit me too. But in that way, it's important for me to anchor into my heart space and know that I'm connecting with people from the heart and not in a self-serving way. If I'm connecting with people in a self-serving way, it's going to make for shallow connections. It's not going to help me actualize my purpose. That's not what I'm here to do. The exalted energy of the fourth line is really here to connect with others through the heart and to show other people how to connect with each other through the heart as well and to really build the foundations for community to emerge. Um, Oftentimes people that are fourth lines, maybe are like, sometimes there are introverts that are fourth lines and like people call the fourth line, the networker. They're like, I hate networking. And it's like, you don't have to have a huge community to be a fourth line, right? A fourth line can also have a very small community, but you're still really nurturing those relationships and watering those gardens to really be able to build those foundations for deep and meaningful connection. So did you find yourself always, you know, being that connector? And I'm curious, like what definitely. did draw you to the human design? Yes, I definitely have always been like the connector. And I'm always the gatherer is what I, I would call myself and my friends would call me. I love bringing people together and like, you know, throwing parties or like inviting people out to go to things together and stuff. Um, and so I definitely, it definitely resonated with, with me when I heard that. And my journey with human design, as with a lot of people, I feel like human design always kind of finds you at the right time, like when when you could really use it and, and when you need it in your life. And human design found me when I was volu- I was traveling um, for a year and I was in South America volunteering at a plant medicine center in Peru. And one of the other volunteers had come in just really excited and like, have you guys heard about human design? Super stoked to share this with us. And none of us had heard about it. And that night we just kind of ran our charts and like colored in our charts and stuff. And he sent me a book and I read about it and I was absolutely blown away. I read that book from cover to cover that night. I stayed up until like two in the morning and I was just like, holy shit. Like, I just like you, I was like, I've never felt so seen by any other system in my life. And that's what 
like I read people's human design charts and that's always what they say. Like, I feel so affirmed. I feel so seen. And I always tell people, you're never going to really hear anything you didn't already deeply know about yourself. It really feels like kind of a lifting of the veil and getting this clairvoyant sight into like the energetic anatomy of this person and simply sharing that with them. People feel so affirmed to be exactly who they are. Um, and with human design, it's like, I'm a projector and projectors are here to be recognized and invited for the gifts and skills and perspectives that they have um, and to be invited into the right spaces and opportunities and relationships to be able to share that guidance and those gifts that they have. And for me, human design really helped me open myself to receiving those invitations as a projector. We're here to be invited. And so I, after learning about my human design, coming back from traveling, I came back from traveling and I was working at my corporate job part-time again. I was bartending part-time because I knew that's not what I was going to do, but I was like, just trying to figure it out. And I had studied psychology in college. I had been studying anthropology and all of these things. I've studied people my whole life, but I came out of college and I was like, what am I going to do with a bachelor's in psychology? So I went into corporate marketing, right? Quit, traveled the world, came back. This is where I was. And in the first four months of coming back from traveling, when I was at parties, at barbecues, at bars or whatever it was, I would have these encounters with strangers or acquaintances. And they asked me if I was a life coach. They just would be having conversations. They say like, are you a life coach? I didn't even know what that was at the time. I was like, no, what is that? Or they'd ask me, are you a coach? Or have you ever thought about this? I feel like you'd be good at it. And me understanding my human design, being a projector, I was like, oh, these are invitations. This is where people are recognizing me and inviting me in to share my gifts. And within four months, six people had asked me if I was a life coach. And understanding my human design I was like, oh, okay, these are invitations. Let me follow the breadcrumbs. And so I Googled what is life coaching. I read about it and I had this, it's almost like something completely clicked and fell into place. And I was like, holy shit, this is what I was born to do in this life. It was this aha moment of like all of my life experience and all of my schooling and all of these things came together beautifully because before that moment, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with my like life? What am I going to do for work? What am I going to do for a career? Like, and in that moment of like receiving these invitations and answering the call, it was everything fell into place. And in that moment, I was like, this is what I was born to do. And I followed the breadcrumbs of those invitations, got certified, took my coaching course and everything. And that was two years ago. And if I hadn't understood to hear and listen for the invitations. Because as a projector, we're not meant to chase after anything. We're not meant to chase after our careers or our opportunities, our relationships or anything. We're meant to just do our thing and see what invitations come our way. And that's exactly what I was doing. And in listening to those invitations, it opened the pathway for me to really unlock what my purpose is here on this work, here on this earth in this lifetime. And that completely changed the trajectory of my life forever. Wow, that's a very powerful story. And you're so right. Knowing when to listen, you know, to the invitations. I think a lot of us have a hard time doing that. I think because we have the sense of control or being doers. Mm -hmm. I think being doers is very rewarded in our society. And Absolutely. so to just lay back or sit back <laughs> and listen and take it in, like, like that's a very 
different mode of operating, but because you had this context, right. Mm -hmm. With the human design and no to, Oh, okay. (laughs) I can, I need to receive. Right. And then, you know, take that, take that action. Absolutely. And like, you know, we are so deeply conditioned to go, go, go. I mean, it's capitalism, right? We're here to like produce, produce, produce hyperproductive society and to like, go get it, go chase it, get after your dreams. But really like only 9% of the population is really here to initiate and make things happen. And those are manifestors even, but generators, even you guys are not here to chase it and initiate and make it happen. You're here not to necessarily wait for the invitation, like projectors where they're like, recognizing your value and calling you in, but generators are here to wait, to respond, to like, see what lights them up and then say, yeah, I want to put my energy there or "Mm, no, I don't want to put my energy there. You're here to see what shows up in your field and then commit to commit your energy to it or don't commit your energy to it because you guys generate this life force energy that is here to be applied to the things that are satisfying and light you up. And generators, you guys are magnetic by nature. Like there's nothing you need to chase. Everything in this world is looking for generator types to help carry out these visions and build on them and broaden them, right? And so like human design is really this practice in trusting and surrendering to the mechanics of your design and deconditioning all the ways that you've been taught to work against it, taught to chase. When we're chasing as projectors and generators, we're just going to meet friction and resistance. We're swimming upstream and then we're going to get bitter or frustrated or like, why is this just not working out? And with generators, all my generator clients, we work on deconditioning, clearing the space off their plate, trusting in their magnetism and waiting to see what shows up. And boom, within three to four weeks, super aligned opportunities show up at their door and they're like, why have I been chasing this whole time? Like, I wish I just knew to like hang back, do the things that bring me joy that increases my magnetism and align as fuck opportunities just show up on my doorstep. And it's just, it's wild. I see it over and over and over, but it does take a huge amount of like unlearning the desire to create outcomes and control and just surrendering and trusting in your own magnetism, trusting that like you are as a generator magnetic by nature and those opportunities are already on their way. And can you like really kick back and shut out the noise of the monkey mind that's like, no, you got to do something. You better be doing this. You're not being productive, you know, and just trust because you guys as generators are not here to put your energy into all the things and spread yourself super thin. Then you burn out. When you're putting your energy into shit that's not satisfying, it's a fast track to burnout. You as generators are really here to put your energy into very specific things that make you feel in alignment and like lit up and that give you life. That is your purpose, you know, generally speaking, is putting your energy into those things that are life-giving, right? Yeah, and it, it is a very big challenge to (laughs) sit back and let things come to you. I can attest to that. But it is about like, I had an interview one time for this company and I didn't really want to work there, but I had this interview with this woman and I think I told her, this is a corporate job. And I was like, yeah, I don't really like to do things that I don't fully believe in or Mm -hmm. something like that. 
And I think in the corporate context, she took that to mean like, I'm not a hard worker or I don't show up. Mm. And that wasn't what I meant, but I didn't know at the time what I did mean. I it was something I said, but I wasn't fully articulating it. And now I'm like, oh, that's what you meant. Like if you're not lit up by it, it's draining, right. it's frustrating. Right. And you don't you don't create the best outcome, right? Because you're coming from this weird energy that's just not totally. the right fit. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, we are so conditioned to like just grit our teeth and push through, you know, and like there are eight billion people in this world. There is somebody out there that is lit up by the thing that drains you. You know, like we are not meant to do it all. That is a fucking waste of our energy and potential. Like we are meant to do those things that are specific to our skills, our strengths, our energetic anatomy, and all these things. It's very unique and special and different. And that's good. That's okay. Because that means when you find those things that like feel in alignment, like you said, you're going to do the best work. You're going to make the best of that opportunity and that project and that thing. But if you're like spreading yourself across five different projects and only two of those are lighting you up, not only are those two going to suffer, because, but also those other three are, they're not going to do very well. And it's just, you know, we're, we're so conditioned, especially in the corporate world, like just grit your teeth and do it. And it's like, well, you know, there's going to be somebody else out there that would love to do that thing. And it would totally light them up and they would do a way better job, you know? And so not only is there deconditioning that's necessary for us on individual levels to like really honor our own energy, like really creating those boundaries and honoring our own energy and trusting that when I do honor my energy, it's not only better for me, but better for everybody around me. But there's deconditioning that needs to be done on a societal and systemic level as well of like, under like companies and management and you know cultures and companies understanding that like let's play to each other's strengths and amplify each other's strengths rather than trying to like fit a square peg into a round hole you know what i mean right. Right. so we talked a little bit about strategy so like responding mm -hmm. are there other strategies yeah so each of the different types has a different strategy Strategy overall is our way to minimize friction. It's also the way that we protect our energy, right? And so when you look at it this way, from each of the different types, it makes so much more sense. For manifestors, they have these big auras that impact people. They send ripples out there. They're, they're supposed to. And when they're going out there and doing the things that they want to do, initiating all this stuff, people are impacted whether they like it or not. Their way of minimizing friction and resistance and protecting their energy and peace is simply by letting people know what they're going to do. This is not asking permission. This is just letting people know so they can get the fuck out of your way, basically. It's like instead of, you know, I always use this example of like somebody wanting to take Friday off of work. Manifestors are here to be in their power. They're not here to be like, oh, do you think it's okay if I take Friday off? Like, no, that is not standing in your power manifestors, my partner's a manifester and he's tried this and it's blown his mind. He, and I tell him, no, 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 no. You don't ask. You just tell them, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm going to be taking Friday off. And the seas just start to part for you. And now he's just like, 
I feel like I can get away with anything. <laughs> and it really, it like manifests you guys are here to kind of do what you want also ethically, of course, but the way that you do that and the way that you clear the path and part the seas and minimize friction is by informing, just letting people know, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Just letting you know, Hey, I'm going to go, like, I made this decision. I'm going to go down that path. And then people will be like, all right, right this way. You know, it just really helps you minimize friction for generators. It's waiting to respond. This protects your energy so that you're not putting your energy into stuff that is not meant for you. So that you're not chasing, so that you're not going after opportunities that are just not in energetic alignment. For generators, the things that are in energetic alignment are already on their way. They are coming to you. And it's like this really big practice in trusting that. And so waiting to respond helps you understand and tune into your gut response because your gut is what tells you, yes, I have the energy. No, I don't have the energy. Yes, this is life-giving. No, this is life-draining, right? And when you're running around chasing something, you're not giving your gut the opportunity to respond to that thing because it hasn't shown up in your field yet. You're running around chasing it. And so when you sit and you wait and you are doing the things that light you up, increasing your magnetism, the things are magnetizing to you. They show up on your doorstep and you're like, what does my gut say? Is this life-giving or life-draining? And this helps you minimize friction because when you're chasing, you're going to meet friction. You're going to meet resistance. You're going to get frustrated because it's like, this thing is probably not in alignment anyway. And then you're wasting your energy chasing when you could be saving that energy and using all of it towards this thing that is super in alignment that shows up in your field, mm. right? And then for projectors, it's waiting for the invitation, again, to protect your energy so that you're not running around trying to offer your guidance to people who like don't even value it. And then you get salty as fuck yeah. and you're like, I just gave my advice to this person and they didn't even listen, you know? And like, you get bitter because you have this perspective and this guidance to offer. And when you're in the wrong environments with the wrong people that don't appreciate you, don't value you, you're trying to share this stuff with them and it just doesn't land or they take it the wrong way because you haven't been recognized. Uh, that's the invitation. Do you feel recognized? Do you feel invited to share your perspective? Um, projectors have very limited amounts of energy. They're not here to like just run around trying to feed everybody. You're here to just set your table, shine your light, do your thing and see who comes to sit down. See who's like, hey, you have something of value here. Like your pers I really appreciate your perspective and your insight. Then those are, the, those are your people. Those, that's the invitation. And that's where your energy is meant to go because projectors, you're not here for everybody. You're not here to try to guide everybody. You're here for very specific people. And those people are the ones that recognize the value that you have to offer. And so you're not here to waste your energy, just trying to like hand out free candy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so like, yeah, your strategy is really here to protect your energy and minimize friction and resistance along the way. And then lastly, for reflectors, your strategy is to wait a lunar cycle, just like have patience, move slowly, allow yourself to feel through and sample all of the different energies coming through to you before you reach a sense of like clarity and inner knowing and um, discernment is really huge for reflectors. Like you're here to taste and sample all of the different things and come to a place of discernment and clarity of understanding like what is correct and what is not correct and to offer wisdom from that place of discernment and clarity. Yeah, those are all, I mean, it's just, of course, this is a generator. I'm like, oh, yeah, 
yes, that's me. <laughs> that mm-hmm. speaks to me. <laughs> and so I'm hoping that listeners, you know, at least maybe try and you can do your chart online, right? There's a plenty of resources and maybe before they listen to this episode and then come and, you know, have that in mind and what comes up in your chart and then are able to listen to this and get some more nuanced explanation around Mm -hmm. um, what do these things mean? You know, what is your type? What is your strategy, your profile? This has been really helpful. And I have a signature question that I'm bringing into this season and you kind of touched on it earlier, but what is your superpower? My superpower. Ooh, my superpower is in deeply seeing your blind spots and your growth potential and helping you to see them, pinpointing where you are holding yourself back, the stories, the patterns, the cycles, the fears of failure and all of these things, and really helping you bring those cycles and patterns to a close so that you can maximize your growth potential. And I translate this superpower in the work that I do because I work with soul mission leaders, people who have big dreams of having impact in this life. And they know that they're meant for more. They know that they want to help others. They want to serve people in this world, but they have a lot of things standing in the way, holding them back from actually taking the steps to actualize those dreams and actualize that potential. And that's why people come to work with me because they're like, I know that I want to do this, but I'm fucking terrified. Or I know that I want to do this. And yet the self-limiting beliefs and negative self-talk are standing in my way. And a lot of times people come to me and they're like, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but I know it's not this. And I know I want to help people in some way. And I help them activate their superpowers and understand through positive psychology and human design, how to harness their own superpowers, but do it in a way that's energetically sustainable and easeful for them. And interestingly enough, this is all reflected in my own human design. When we go deeper into my gates, my conscious sun, my conscious earth, It's all about helping people overcome their fears of failure, bringing unhealthy patterns and cycles to conclusion in order to maximize their growth potential. It's literally my conscious sun and conscious earth energy. And so when you go into deeper layers of your human design, it can really help you identify and unpack the ways in which you are here to serve this world, the medicine you're here to, to share, and the ways in which your energetic anatomy can really support and be of service to the whole. It is absolutely (laughs) mind-blowing. Yeah, and you give a great reminder that this is just sort of the tip of the iceberg. I just wanted to give some general explanation and overview and, you know, let people know that there's more there's, you can definitely go deeper. You can reach out to Yvonne if that's something that you're interested in doing, but at least I wanted to share some knowledge around it and some experiences. So I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you, how to connect with you. Yeah. So most of what I do right now is on Instagram. I'm still building a website, you know, me being a projector, slow and steady. And so you can find me on Instagram at Y-V-N-C-H-N-G, Yvonne Chung, without any of the vowels. And that's where you can find me. Um, That's where you can go and click the link in my bio to check out the human design masterclasses that I have. I have the human design masterclasses by type. Uh, You can also go on there and book a reading or a coaching session with me, or even just connect and follow along um, my journey. 
Yeah. And I mean, imagine knowing your type and then having a full masterclass on it. I mean, that's sounds amazing. Um, so thank you so much for being here and sharing all that you know about human design. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30-minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.